Alice without just, Flo and Archie Archie Bunker's Archie without, without Edith. Without Edith, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then they killed her off. You know, you know the premise though of all of Maud, uh, Maud and Edith were first cousins. Oh, I know. That was the premise. Yeah, that's why you don't. They you don't just, have to. You don't have to tell me. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I forgot who I was talking to. <laughs> and Maud's first Maud's first housekeeper went off and had her show called Good Times. Good Times, Florida. Except that was quite a commute for her from Chicago to Tuckahoe every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> They never did quite explain that one, did they? It's the SETI BIMCO Show with your hosts, John and Tim. They film this podcast in black and white because they think it's artsy. No, no, you, I think that we should keep the format. You do the, you do the interview because you're the All host. Right. I'm more of like the co, well, I don't know what I am. I'm more like, I'm the second banana. You're the equal host. But anyway. No, I'm the second banana. I like being the second banana. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm like, I'm like Ed McMahon to your Johnny Carson. I like oh, Okay. All right. Except you're sober. Except I'm sober. This is episode six of SETI BIMCO. Yay. Were- a half dozen. Yes. And you are John. And you are Tim. And this week, later on in this episode, we're going to talk to George O'Connor. Famed yes, the George author, O'Connor. Mm-hmm, famed author and illustrator of the Olympians series. New York's yes. New, York, New York Times bestselling. So how was uh, your week? This was kind of a, a, a weird week because I had six days off from work for my vacation, but I only took two vacation days. So, you know. That was just it. Nothing, no, nothing really major. Um, our COVID numbers are down. We're a yellow county, but then like the county next to us, the two counties to like the west of us and one of the counties to the east of us are still like red counties. So we're just really not out of the woods. And, and I know I shouldn't complain about the weather outside Syracuse, but it's like 15 degrees right now. And I'm just like, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it to be over. Oh, no, I lied. It's 16 degrees now. Well, let me find my bathing suit. My week was still a lot of dog walking, which is fine. Is the dog still like only half peeing or is she like full <laughs> peeing now? Remember, she's in a she's in a schedule to to pee. And when she goes out, it's all much better now. OK, good. I still good. I, I finished Great Canal Journeys. There's no more. Finished watching it. Yes. Staying up late with, with soul, the dog soul. And oh. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about every canal dug in Sweden, Britain, Ireland. And it's the same story everywhere. There was a war happening. They wanted to get their goods from one place to another without being attacked by ships at sea. So they dug these canals and right when they finished digging the canal, what happened, John? Can you guess? Right when they finished digging the canal, to the avoid. Spanish Armada sunk and they didn't need them anymore. Well, close, but the war ended. Every every yeah, country well. d- dug these canals. It took years, and when they got done, the war ended. Like, well, the war ended. There you go. So <laughs> now I, the the Great Canal Journeys did it because it seems like it was maybe with pandemic and their advanced ages that it was sort of like a sudden end to the show. So um, it was was it something like, oh, this is our final episode, or no. it was just sort of it just kind of ended and that was it. They, well, they had this this special two part episode that ended the series where uh, there was a big uh, shootout, gunfight. A lot of the people died. Okay, um, the plane crashed into the canal. <laughs> yes. 
No, it just um, yeah. it ended with them drinking scotch in Ireland because they went they they would always go to the distilleries and they didn't say anything. Yeah. They're just it was just like that's the end of this episode. It was nice and sunny this weekend. I went out in the sun with soul. We went walking. We ate outside oh, with uh wonderful. you know, my, my wife works in restaurant business and you have worked in the restaurant business and we had a waitress that was new and we 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 try to be nice and not to be all Right Annoy, annoying pissy. people who are complaining. Yes. Right. We had to hunt it down yes. for that second cup of coffee. So, well, that's just it. Just refill my coffee once, or at least refill my water once. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because they put the coffee in such small cups. They do. They do. They're very small. They're like not exactly demi tosses, but they're just like, you know, the old cups that, like, you know, your grandmother used to have. I thought they'd fill them up so they wouldn't have to come chase us down all the time to refill them. You would think. You would think. Maybe we should uh, we'll talk to our guest, eh? That would be great. I'm I'm really looking forward to <laughs> I'm really looking forward to talking to this guest. He's in the green room with the, with, with whatever. He ate everything off of the craft services table last time. So God, <laughs> I'm sorry, George. Sorry, George. The pickings are slim this she week. She only left the green M and M's with us. So just welcome George O'Connor. Yay! 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 Uh, George, do you want to introduce yourself or do you want me to list off all your accomplishments? I want to hear what you come up with and then I can oh. contest it. George O'Connor is an author, an illustrator, a cartoonist, but above all, George is a Greek mythology buff. His New York Times bestselling Olympian series, George O'Connor draws from primary documents to reconstruct <laughs> and retell classic Greek myths. Is that right? Tim, you're one of my best friends and you're reading my <laughs> bio off. You're, you're a monster. <laughs> this is the, bio, this is the bio someone of my publishers <laughs> scraped together. And this is what Tim's reading. Yes, yes I want to get I it thought, right. I, I, I thought either Tim wrote that bio or he's just co-opting, <laughs> I believe is the word they use. Are they co-opting, which is another word for steal. <laughs> no, it's on. You made a little effort to change a few words at the beginning, but it was a very little effort. It's on your website, George. Oh, so maybe I wrote it. I don't know. Probably not. I don't think I wrote it. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm George O'Connor. I am, uh, like Tim said, I'm a writer, an illustrator, a cartoonist. I live in Brooklyn. Uh, I have five cats. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much me. That's pretty much all I got going on. You got you got jawbones in your backyard. I got, yeah. I, uh, true story. I had three jawbones in my backyard. I live in Brooklyn in a brownstone. There's really no access to my backyard. Three deer jawbones, one of them just disappeared. Wow. We don't know what happened to it. I mean, that means some sort of, well, here's the ideal situation. Some sort of mammal, like a squirrel or a rat, hauled one of those off and left it in somebody else's backyard. <laughs> and they're like, where the hell did this jawbone come from? And it's been like a murder mystery for them ever since. But yeah, you know, it's a deer jawbone. It's pretty big. They should be able to tell. How he handled a deer <laughs> jawbone is rats, I'm thinking. <laughs> That's true. I don't think it's rats, though. I, I think I honestly think it's a squirrel. Because I've actually seen, so um, peering out my window, I've seen a squirrel just like going to town on these things. They just chew on it. They apparently like the calcium or the right. little murderers. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Oh, They'll eat anything. Okay. John, when I told John you're Greek... You're into Greek mythology. John's like, well, I'm a Greek mythology buff too. Like he was uh, ready to challenge your your knowledge of Greek mythology. Oh no, no, no! Now you're putting words <laughs> in my mouth, Tim. I said I love Greek mythology. Oh, okay. And he was buff because he's 
Uh, you guys can't see this. Uh, John is in a word swole. Right. He's got, he's got a rippling physique. He's also naked. Oh. I've been polite, not trying to say anything well, about it. Well, I'm wearing a loincloth, you know. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, as one does. Totally. I'm not like doing full frontal. Not, not, not for the fifth episode, at least. No. <laughs> you got to ease into that. Episode 50. <laughs> That was exactly, all exactly right. That was, that was Edie's episode, all naked episode. Oh no, <laughs> we're not making that up. Inappropriate. <laughs> I was going to ask John a question to see if he knew his Greek mythology. Let's do it. Let's do some trivia questions. I'm down. So, John, we'll see which one of you knows the answer. Okay, to this. John, <laughs> this one's for John. Uh huh. Oh boy. In the classic Avengers issues 274 through 277. <laughs> The Avengers fought the masters of evil and Hercules was a member of the team. Can you tell us basically what happened to Hercules? I actually can answer this one. It was pretty embarrassing what happened to Hercules. Give it a guess. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't, (laughs) we didn't, we didn't study that in mythology. Now, if you ask me an Archie and Jughead question, I might be able to answer it. But the Avengers, what, what, what issue was that again? 274 through 277, classic uh, Masters of Evil. Oh, I, I only read up to two, I only read up to 273. Oh, don't admit what that because it's written that? by future guest and friend of Tim Hamilton, Roger Stern. Maybe he'll be on. John John was in Switzerland when this happened. He was being okay. he, was, he was a communist in Switzerland. So, yeah, George, George, you tell us. You answer. Um, he uh, he drinks too much uh, olive oil and loses control of his bowels. <laughs> three episodes straight three issues straight it's it's very no. noteworthy in the annals of the avengers because it's just like kang the conqueror is there and ultron but it's just a yes. greek god in the corner who has slippery bowels yes now he gets beat he gets beaten and sent well he gets super drunk yes and then he right. shows up and he uh disregards the leadership of the female chairperson the wasp because right. he's sexist and he barrels into the mansion, which has been taken over by Baron Zemo II and his masters of evil, who beat him into a coma. <laughs> this is kind of his worst moment. Sorry, John. Wow. Adapt that, adapt that to the screen, Disney. I, <laughs> I mean, who would play Hercules? I mean, just imagine that. Like, that would be like a good 15 minutes of a big drunk actor being pummeled by brutes. It would be, it'd be uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who would play that. John yeah. Cena? He looks weird. Yeah, he's too big. He's weird veins on his right arm, too. It's like he blew out all the veins in his arm. It's very weird. Take a look at it, everybody. Could they steal Jason Momoa from the DC universe? I don't know. Probably a rule against that. As you can see behind George, he's got every uh, Marvel action figure. No, that's actually my Master of the Universe. Oh, it's too far away to see. If I were a child at George's house, I want to explain this to John. I wouldn't know what to do. Run upstairs, ask the fireman if I could ride in his fire truck. Play with the Marvel action figures on your in your office. Wait, can, we just, can we just establish the reason why he said that? That's not a weird euphemism, everybody. No, but my upstairs neighbor is in fact a fireman. Yes, who does not have a truck on the second floor of the house. <laughs> yeah, go to go to the basement and play with the Legos. But we had a, you had us over, and we have a friend who has children, and they also were like very sad they couldn't touch the action figures. <laughs> <laughs> These are collector's items. These are not for kids. I honestly don't know that these things are... Well, no, they are. Never mind. The ones behind me might not be graded for kids to play with them. They're too delicate because they're fancy. 
John's like, he, he knows nothing about He-Man Masters of the Universe. No, no, <laughs> my brother used to watch He-Man all the time. Your brother, oh, your younger brother. Well, John, I was going to do this. Can I, before we hear your high school story? Yes. Can I, I, I told John, you have a podcast called Hypothetical Island where you ask people. Yes. Which island they would like to live on, depending on the like, circumstances there have been various ones or should i give the should i give the the little pitch for it real quick you can yeah yeah so um i used to so tim and i were sort of studio mates for many years but we're actually studio mates next to each other you know we're both comic artists but we pretty much were very rarely in the same room we were in the state next to each other his studio went through various names drawbridge deep six um sadness pile there was a few others (laughs) Uh, mine went through several names, but the name we eventually stuck with was Hypothetical Island because as we would be drawing, we would just, you know, you talk because you know you, it occupies different parts of your brains. It's very easy to draw and talk at the same time. And I would make up Hypothetical Island scenarios where basically the idea was you were on a cruise ship that would sink equidistant between two islands, both equally capable of supporting human life. But there would be some drastic difference. Like a very easy one would be like one island is inhabited by vampires, one island is inhabited by a werewolf. So, John, do you swim too? Right. And with the demise of the studio, uh, myself and one of my former studio mates, Riley Brown, cartoonist as well, uh, we created a podcast that's been, we just celebrated our one year anniversary, the Hypothetical oh, yeah. Podcast, where we, wow. uh, yeah, it's crazy, right? We're up to like, I think as of this recording, I think I've posted episode 54. Um, uh, we invite on a guest, normally someone from comics, but often also someone from the world of masters of the universe. Cause Riley and I are both big He-Man fans and we, uh, subject them to this ridiculous <laughs> choice between these two, uh, islands that I will make up week after week. And then we interview them. And can I say that's what destroyed the studio asking people this comment? <laughs> it may have. <laughs> oh I'm sure God. there's at least one person who left the studio because they're like, I can't bear to be near this anymore. I can't. Those werewolves or vampires, I don't know. <laughs> that's the very clean version. Most of the time it involves something scatological. Right. Well, not mine, George. I have one for you. Oh, let's do it. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. It's gonna be it's gonna be very simple. Okay. So, George, would you rather be on an island? Yes. With- with every Lego set ever created. Okay. And you're gonna, both of these islands, you'll like live till 98, we'll say, but. 98, all right. One island has every Lego set ever created, Mm -hmm. but you know, on this island, when you die, you will die from multiple paper cuts to your genitals. Oof. On the other island. At 98 though. (laughs) Yes. Okay. On the other island, you'll get one third of all the Lego sets ever created, chosen by fate but you'll die quietly in your sleep choking on a Lego. Oh, definitely the second island with one really? thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of shitty sets of Lego. <laughs> that was too easy. Yeah, like what if it's like every set ever concluded? You know, like how many of those are going to be like Duplo, the big blocks and stuff? I don't need that stuff. Well, who knows what will be created? Who knows what? But here's the wonderful thing about Lego. Lego is something you can make yourself. I'll take all those sets I'll spend the first, so let's see, I'm in my 40s now. I'll spend the first 10 years on that island sorting all those bricks out. I won't even make the sets. Then I'll spend the next 10 years making a giant suit of armor that I will wear everywhere around the um, island. Out of yeah, like, You did that one. You and Kari did that. He built a... Early episode, yeah. Kari made Lego and... Launched, no, it was Riley made Lego and launched war on our guest, the cartoonist Kari Randolph. All right. Well, that was easy. 
that was a failed, uh, failed attempt <laughs> a, at humor. It's Come a trickier thing than you'd think of. Yes. Well, I think anything is, I think the, the alternative is always better than paper cuts on the genitals. I would have to. That's or maybe also that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. I mean, take it from John. <laughs> yeah, you don't want paper cuts on your genitals, man. Oh, he went to boy. Switzerland. He was exchanging. Okay, Tim. I'm, yep. I'm, I, I, it's, it was Sweden. 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 <laughs> Tim, Sweden. you ugly American. You messed no. up countries. I said Switzerland because today, no, today they they froze the Russian accounts, and everybody's like, finally, stop being neutral. Well, you know, sometimes it was in French, sometimes it was in German. I was very confused in Switzerland. It was, I was like, I thought I was going to Sweden, and I was in Switzerland. But that's when I came back because I was in high school with Tim, and when I did my year in Sweden, I had to come back and make up my senior year of high school. And Wait, one really? girl, yeah. So one girl asked me, "So how was Switzerland?" And I said, "Well, actually, I lived in Sweden." She said, "Oh, Switzerland, Sweden, one of those places in France." <laughs> that lady was Sarah Palin. No, I I can guess her name, but yeah, yes, <laughs> she went on to ter- she went on to serve half a term as governor of Alaska. <laughs> Wait, are you being coy about the names you reveal? Have you revealed the secret of why your podcast is named what it is? No, just we. T- oh. John John is always mentioning names. You you listen to our other episodes. I have to bleep out names because John's like, oh yeah, so and so who slept with so and so who. Do you use a different sort of bleep from when he uses really raunchy profanity? Like, no, no, okay. You don't bleep anything on your show. No, I sometimes I have cut out some stories that shouldn't have been told. There's been some tea spilled that I think. So we allow drinking with our guests when we record them, and sometimes maybe they have a couple drinks and their tongues get loose and they say I'm drinking terrible things about comics professionals, and I'm like, you probably don't want this out there. I drink, and in episode two, I did an edible. So near the end, you'll hear John telling stories. I'm like, what? Really? It costs money to go on the elevator in the World Trade Center? <laughs> and this is a total 180 from when we were kids, because I was the one always high. And I like we, I think I even asked you once, hey, Tim, you want to get high? And you're like, oh, no. But see, that was involving smoking. I don't think you want to do the smoking. No, I didn't. I think you're more of an edible guy. We, that was we, probably- we were at the mall. I distinctly remember, because John got mad at me. <laughs> John may not remember, but we're at the mall and John accidentally dropped his joint on the ground. And I just, I was like, oh, John, you dropped something. I didn't even look at what it was. I just saw something fall out of your pocket. And he's like, shut up. Yeah. Shut up, you York. Shut up. It looks like some sort of cockroach. Why did you have a bug in your pocket? Yeah. <laughs> it smells like the art teacher. Yeah, I did, it. Yeah, I did it right. Yeah, it smells like the art teacher. The art teacher right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, wow. I don't want those hooligans coming out of Spencer Gifts to steal my joint. <laughs> <laughs> Do uh, I wondered if 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 John had any questions because I I know well, you. Well, I did it. Okay. Go, well, I just ahead. had some questions because the way the way I see it is, I'm thinking you know I try to get people to talk about what their what their current work is because you know you want to come on here you, you know you're doing us a favor and I'd like to give the guests the opportunity to maybe plug something. But I was reading about your Olympian series, and I believe the next one is uh, Dionysus. Is that the next one that's that's going to be coming out, or has it come out? Uh, As of the time of this recording, it has not come out, but by the time this is released, it will have just come out. Okay, so and this is number 11 out of 12? 
the 12th and final book of the Olympian series. Yeah. Dionysus. It's been, uh, oh, started working on the series 12 years okay. ago. Well, it's just, no, it's just because I saw that on, uh, and I am going to get these books because as I said, I, I, uh, I really enjoy uh, Greek mythology. As a matter of fact, and I'm, I'll make this a quick story. When I was in college, I had this English professor and I took British literature one for, from him and I got a B plus because the final, my final grade was like an 89.5 and he wouldn't give you the extra half a point for an A. And then Rejected. I took British literature two and I got another B plus. Yeah, and I got another B plus. So then I took mythology from him and I got a 90.5. So I got an A minus. And as far as I'm concerned, that was an A with him. And then <laughs> I just, I should have quit while I was back. Then I took film on the literature from him, got another B plus. But one of my favorite myths is the myth about um, Hades and Persephone. Oh, yeah, that's probably the most popular myth there is. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, we had to create a myth. And they, he, and he said, feel free to take from whatever myth. And my myth was basically a retelling of the story of Persephone, six months in the underworld, six months in the human world. And with Persephone in mythology being Dionysus' mother, mm. do some of, do, do, do these books have some overlapping? Obviously, they're going to be overlapping characters, but is like Persephone an overlapping character and say like the Hades book and the... Dionysus book or did you not explain? No, each of, so the Olympian series is very modular where you can read each one separately, but uh it all does tie together. And I I um inspired by like the Marvel comics of my youth, I wanted to make one coherent set of continuity throughout. So I did like you know, Greek mythology doesn't have a Bible per se. You know, each region exactly. had its own stories. And for instance, hmm. the version of the Dionysus story where his mother is Persephone, that's actually kind of a like uh that's not that wasn't the 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 main version, so to speak. In most versions of the myth, uh he is a born of a mortal woman named Semele, and his father is Zeus. Okay. It's kind of like the later versions related yeah. to the mystery religions where he's born as Zagreus and then he's reborn, where Persephone's his mother and his dad is Zeus, and then Persephone's Zeus's daughter. There's extra incest in there, even for Greek stuff. I didn't tell that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little. That's yeah, a little. Zeus like, yeah, Zeus was like everybody's father, unless it was Apollo <laughs> when Apollo wasn't sleeping with boys. You know, I. You know, I. It's just so hard to keep track of them all. <laughs> Apollo was like the original. Apollo was like the original bisexual. Well, he and uh, he and uh, Dionysus and Zeus. Yeah, Zeus has the male yeah. lover uh, Ganymede. Who he, uh, wait, what'd you say, Tim? Well, I read your description of the Dionysus book, and I, I feel like as soon as it enters the state of Texas, they're just going to burn it. Man, we like, I so I just did an interview earlier today, um, with uh, the Boston Globe, and they brought that right up. Like, oh, wow. like, oh, so uh, Dionysus is trans, huh? I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting, this might be a thing, and of course, that's the boss, that's Boston, they were very supportive. But I am supposed to be doing appearances down in Texas. And I'm like, I don't know. Uh -oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because Dionysus yeah. Um, in the versions of the myths that I spotlight on uh, is raised as a girl at first. And uh, ra like after Semele, there's a basically Hera tricks Semele. Um, Semele's immortal, a mortal, not immortal, like I said. 
and she tricks her into asking to see Zeus's true form. And a human can't take the hum- true form of a god, and Semele's incinerated. And there's like a little nubbins left over. Zeus takes that. That's Dionysus, who's, you know, he's got god sperm in him, so he's tougher. And Zeus brings him to age in his thigh. He gives birth from his thigh to Dionysus, and Dionysus is a girl, girl, and raised by Semele's mo- uh, sister, Eno. But then a madness comes upon Eno's husband, and Eno's husband murders the whole family except for baby Dionysus, who Hermes like secrets away, and then Dionysus becomes a boy and is raised by satyrs. Wow, it's, it's very complicated. Wow. But yeah, so it's gonna yes, yeah. this sounds epic. I should I should read some of these books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he knows I've I've read I've read them. This isn't well, the new one. This book isn't out yet. I think you'll I think you'll be okay in Tennessee as long as apparently there's no mouse nudity in it. Right. <laughs> yes. That's weird because all the mice I draw always have little pants on. <laughs> there you go. So you should be fine. You should be fine in Tennessee then. Right. <laughs> it's, it's time, time to, to visit, visit the So let me paint a picture here. That's so okay. this was a trickier thing than I thought. And I've had a few weeks to think about this. Now, the picture I'm going to paint is I grew up on Long Island, New York, and this is during the 80s. Uh, sometimes this is set during the late 80s. This is me in high school. Um, I was uh, I wore black head to toe every day. I had long hair. I tied it back in a ponytail. I would wear um, a lot of black turtlenecks. Wow. Wore like black beetle boots. I was a very, um, you know, I was a very sensitive guy. I was, my identity was, I was the, I was the sensitive artist, right? Right. I was going to say, nobody was shocked when you became an artist. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was, it was always known I was the artist, but I, like I'm going to like, you know, we're all a result of, you know, we're all all the things that feed into us making us grow up and where we're from. Long Island was not a place I fit in at. I was very much a square peg in a round hole there. Um, a lot of the people, uh, you know, I, I think in general back on my time there. And I know that there was a lot of people who would pick on me and stuff, but I don't have a lot of specific memories of it. Um, I was actually speaking with my girlfriend about this. She's like, you tend to let things like that, like you tend to make jokes of them and let them slide off you. And I feel like I might have done that where a lot of the trauma wasn't specific. Like I don't have like, I have, I have, if we were talking not high school, Tim can tell you, I have so many almost shitting myself in public stories that (laughs) are humiliating, but they don't really take place during high school. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like a loose bottomed guy at then. (laughs) You weren't drinking all that olive oil. (laughs) I wasn't just chugging olive oil and just jumping up and down, see what happened. So it's just a lot of stuff where like, I just remember not fitting in and just kind of like, hating being there and not wanting to get like when get but then none of them is epic i wanted to tell a story that had like good quality that was gonna like really um you know grab your listeners and be memorable and i do have a story it's not 
embarrassing as much as it is interesting, but it, it feeds out of this. And I think you need to understand my place in the ecosystem of my school for this to go. So like I said, round peg, square hole, or whatever one I said before, just so people know, I am straight, but my reputation around school from what I was is I was widely assumed to be gay. Hmm. And um, I received a lot of, uh, I wouldn't, I, I could call it gay bashing, but that maybe makes it sound more severe than it was, but it was just like, you know, I was called homo or queer or a lot. Um, I definitely, you know, got punched once or twice by people who are jerks. You mean, um, was, was, was this the usual high school just calling you gay or did people like think, oh, he is actually gay? Well, okay, I do have a mini story. This is this is what I was going to tell. There's just not enough. This is this is a kind of traumatic story. This is the first one that came to mind for me. So, um, <laughs> like I said, I'm straight. I like girls, but I'm also like this kind of like I'm a nerdy artist guy. And I, there was I'm a pretty gregarious person now, but that's something I kind of didn't always have sometimes with some people I could be very friendly, but sometimes I just kind of really shut up because I felt like I was surrounded by people who hated me. I was also, I would, I was, I was an honor school kid and there was no, there was like almost no other art school kids at all. I should say like my school, like I was like, George is the artist and George is the only artist. So I kind of like would group onto other groups. I hung out with the honor kids a lot. I hung out with like the drama kids, like the kids who acted and stuff. And so one day after school, I was hanging out making a banner for like some play or something. They would often enlist me to do those things. Right. And um, I think I was a junior or I may have been a senior at this point. I was definitely an upperclassman. And there was like a, a, a younger woman, I mean, girl, were kids at this point, who's like a sophomore there who I'd never seen before. And she's helping out. And I'm like, this girl is really cute. Mm -hmm. So I'm being all really flirty with her and stuff. And we're talking and we're hanging out and we're having this good time. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing really good. I'm laying some like, you know, <laughs> groundwork where I'm going to be able to like awkwardly ask her out maybe in six months when I finally get the courage, but I probably would never do it. You're, you're painting each other. <laughs> no, it was nothing. No, like, like, let me stress. I feel like, like, I'm just being, I'm being very jokey. She's laughing on my jokes yeah. and stuff, but like, there's nothing physical happening at all. Cause like, I'm just like a timid, scared little nerd. Well, there's other reasons too. Cause then I don't see her right away for a while. She is um, a few years behind me. And like, so we don't have classes and stuff. And one day I'm, it's, between classes and I'm walking through the hallways, I had a lot of teachers who'd write me passes to get out of classes. I was going somewhere and I see her and she's with a, like another person her age and they're talking and she said, turns to her friend. She goes, Oh, there's that gay guy I was telling you about. Oh no. And I'm oh, kind of just like, press palm. like, I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I wasn't doing well. I totally gave her the wrong idea. And she's like, and she starts yelling out to me in the hallways of a school. Now, this is like the late 80s in homophobic Long Island. This is kind of like aggressive. She's like, hey, gay guy, gay uh, guy. And it's like yelling. At, and I'm like. Is she being friendly so yelling that? Like, you're my friend, gay guy? Or It just, was or... more like I was being an object. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was, it wasn't, it, it didn't start out. So I didn't respond. I just kind of put my head down and started walking away quickly. I didn't want to be objectified this way. Um, and then she got nasty about it. Uh. 
She's like, why are you running away, gay guy? And I'm just like, oh. So, like, yeah, I mean, that was a pretty embarrassing story. That's definitely one that I'm just like, well, that one sucked. Well, Tim, I'm going to share a story that I, I know I've told you in the past. Oh, is this the underwear story? It's the underwear story. <laughs> it's funny. It's not embarrassing for you, but it's funny. It's not embarrassing. It's, a, it's an epic story, though. It is. And it, 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 it figures into this. So, so here's the story. My best friend throughout junior high... And through the earlier parts of high school, he was a year older than me, maybe a little bit more than a year, but he was a class up on me, was this guy who I'm not going to name, but he was, he was gay. But again, this is the 80s in Long Island. You really couldn't come out and say it. And he was a person he would meet and you were very much like, oh, of course he's gay. It just wasn't a thing you could do. And you didn't know he was. You, well, you, knew, you knew he was gay then, or you just like, I don't know. But No, that was the thing. Because of the environment and the place it was, like, right. you would meet him, and you were like, oh, yeah, he definitely is. But then, like, you know, I hung out with this guy, like, every day, and he would have crushes on, on girls and stuff. So I'm like, okay, so I think that's just the way he just seems that way. And, like, I would say to people, I'm like, no, I don't think, no, he's not gay. Like, you know, he's had girlfriends and stuff. But, you know, it's very, that's a very normal thing to do. He, I should say now he is, he is happily out and he is happily married and he has been like since basically the second he got off long island and good for him um john, john wants me to say yeah I, I know john is guilty of john's guilty <laughs> of what dating some women in high school but uh, oh i think yeah I mean, well here's well here's the thing i mean i am gay the thing about that is if you would if you had if i knew then what i know now i have had so many women I have seen so many sets of tits in my life. Like, <laughs> like think they can change me? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, Wait, uh, really? You know, like they'll take their shirts off. They'll take wow. their shirts off, and they'll kind of get like really flirty, and it's like, all right. Well, I interrupted you, Jim. Uh, where was I? So it was, uh, so yeah. So <laughs> this guy was my best friend. Like we would hang out pretty much every single day. And like, you know, a lot of your friendship then was determined by the people you grew up near. I grew up near a lot of kids who were like, like the bad kids who smoke and drank. And this guy lived just like three doors down from me. And he was like the guy we were in, we got into comics together. We did all like, you know, he was like my, my, my nerd buddy. Cause I was a nerd and he was like an older nerd. He was a cooler nerd too. Um, but uh <laughs> There wasn't much to, this was before we could drive. So this actually might not be even high. If this is high school, it's early high school. Cause he was able to drive, you know, pretty early on. So summer, there wasn't a lot to do. You were kind of limited by like where you could walk to. We were stuck in this suburban development in the middle of Long Island. And the one of the only things to do, especially when you're a little bit younger was there was a big tract of undeveloped woods nearby where we lived. We called it the Wilson Woods because it went off of Wilson Avenue. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of go in there and like people would like leave cars there and you would like, you could smash up cars. People leave fridges there and you could smash up fridges. And there was just like weird stuff you'd find. And like people would go there and drink and, you know, whatever. It was, it was just the place to go hang out. And I remember this was when we were getting a little bit old to be doing that. Mm -hmm. It was just this one summer. And one day we're over his place and he's just like, Hey, let's go to the Wilson Woods. I'm like, okay, yeah, we haven't done that for a while. Why not? So we go, we walk over to the woods, we're walking through the woods. Uh, you know, there's an area where people would, like I mentioned, would leave cars. We're looking to see if there's any cars to smash up. There's an area where people would put appliances. We're kind of like smashing up that. 
And my friend kind of wanders off the path, which is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Like this was a forest. There's big trees. There was like ferns everywhere. For whatever reason, we wouldn't go in the ferns much, but he did this time. So that's where Sasquatch hangs out. <laughs> that's where, and then he was attacked by a Sasquatch. <laughs> It was all over the news. That's how we found out Bigfoot was real because my friend was killed by Bigfoot. Um, So he wanders off a little bit into the ferns and he's like, George, George, I found a package. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, come over. And we go over there and there's this like bundle that's like wrapped up in like tape and paper. It's like been put there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you think it's drugs or something? Because like, you know, people did like, you know, there's a lot of druggies and stuff in there. There was like meth people. There was some people there that you shouldn't have been seeing. Right. I'm like, oh, that's really weird. He's like, let's open it up. I'm like, okay. So we open it up and it's a bunch of pairs of underwear. Like men's underwear, like a bunch of. Are they they new and clean? That's my. Yeah, they're they're in good shape. They're 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 like boxers. Um, are there I, any Hulk underwear? There's no Hulk underwear. No, these are this is the underwear <laughs> of a person with some style, my friend. These that's are not. A, that's a callback to episode two. You have to listen. Okay, go ahead. Not not, not ratty. Not, not, not slightly not not slightly irregular. Really good underwear. Okay. No, it was it was pretty good underwear. It was. It, I'll be honest. I would say it was better underwear than I had. Like I think I was still kind of. I don't think I had Hulk underwear, but I don't think I quite had cool boxers. Like these were like checkered boxers. Oh, nice. And there was a note. And the note says, help, I am gay and I live in the suburbs. Wow. There's no one I can talk to. The only way I could get any sort of release is by leaving my underwear for strangers to find. Will you please leave some underwear here too? Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And I, I, I can't really put my finger on it, right? And my friend, he's very much, he's like, let's go back to your house and put some underwear, leave some underwear for this person. It'll be really funny. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm actually, because I'm like this like scared little nerd. I'm like literally scanning like the tree line. Cause I'm like, this is a trap. Right. A trap. Like the cool kid here, the the kids who would uh, call me the F word. The classic, classic, the classic underwear trap. And they're like, because that was my thinking. I'm like, they're going to find it. And they're going to, if I leave underwear, then they'll, they'll say that I'm gay and they'll have proof. It'll be, then I'll be the gay guy even more than I already am. And it was just, I'm this kid. I'm like, like, no, I don't want to do that. There's really no reason for me to do this. I'm like, and he was really persistent. So I'm like, you know what? My underwear. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you know what? Let's go. If you, if you really want to do this, Let's go to your house. We'll like, because he was really playing the idea this was a joke. It'd be funny. It'd be funny for this person. Oh, it'd be funny for us to do this to this person. I'm like, let's just grab some of your brother's underwear. Oh, no. And like do that. <laughs> so we go to his house and we're kind of having, we're having fun. We're laughing about it at this point. And he grabs a bunch of his brother's underwear and wraps it up, writes a oh, note no. back, which I wish I could remember what it said, but it was something like, I hope know, those probably, were clean. Uh, I, I can't imagine we would have touched them if they weren't. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Worth mentioning though, his brother was a jock who was a wrestler, so there's probably a chance they were pretty mealy. And we uh, we take it back and we leave it, and then I kind of forget about it. You know, it's just it was just like you know it was an endless summer thing or just something that happened. But like he doesn't, and like maybe a few days later, maybe a week later, he's like, "Hey, 
let's go see if that gay guy left underwear again. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, okay. And it just feels really weird at this point. I'm like, I don't know. This just seems like we're really, yeah. at, at best case scenario, like this is a real honest, like cry for help for somebody. And we're fucking with him. Worst case scenario, it's like Chester, the molester, or like I was afraid of, like the popular kids waiting to get us right. in a trap or something. Yes. Right. And we go, and sure enough, there is another package in the same spot. This time, I do want to mention, since you did ask, the underwear is noticeably lesser quality. Oh, no. It's like it's somebody's backup underwears. Like, oh. like I remember it's like oh. maybe there being some tidy whities that like were a little worn and stuff. They aren't all stiff, are they? No. <laughs> I don't think I touched it. That's a callback to Edie's episode again. Yeah. Running theme. <laughs> yes. So this, I like that you're making this show an impenetrable morass of continuity for anyone who's never listened. <laughs> right. Like each episode, like, that's a callback to episode seven. That's right. an episode that's a callback to nine. <laughs> well, last week we talked about the Muppet movie soundtrack. So I'm sure there'll be no, no terrible stuff. No, There's no, no Muppets right. involved in this story. No Muppets okay. So we find the underwear again. There's another note along the same lines. The person, the mysterious note writer, thanking us profusely, leaving, like I said, lesser quality underwear. And again, my friend's like, come on, George, let's leave some of your underwear. I'm like, no. I, and I, at this point, I'm a little bit miffed. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't know who this person is. This is weird. It's like a trap. They could be a creepy old person. They, they, they could be a- anything. I'm not leaving my underwear in there. And I kind of just put my foot down. And that's kind of the end of the story, except for later that summer, there was like two occasions where I left my friend in my room and like, I kind of maybe caught him like doing underwear stuff. Wow. There was this one time specifically he and another friend of mine, like I came in my room and they'd taken my underwear and spread it all over the room. Like as a joke, I'm like, that's a weird joke. Like you took my underwear. Why are you touching my underwear? And, and so the, the moral of the story, and there is no moral really, but just like the, the part that makes this story interesting (laughs) is, it's just some weird element of my childhood that is kind of like, didn't really think much of. And like, you know, we got older, he had girlfriends, I had girlfriends, he graduated, he went, went away to school, um, really didn't see him much anymore. And then many years later, I was telling my brother, we were talking about those Wilson Woods and all the weird stuff there. And I was just telling my brother about this story and like, which I'm sure everyone listening to this has already figured out. It hit me like a ball out of the blue. I'm like, oh my God. Yes. The the underwear person was my friend. Mm-hmm. He was the one leaving. Uh, and maybe he's not. It. I was wondering about that. He had to be. I think it, I think it was. I would like, if I had to bet money, I would bet money it was. The moral, the moral of the story is underwear fetishes are okay. <sighs> yes. <laughs> George disagrees. Well, no, I agree. I just, <laughs> I, I don't, to this day, I wonder, like, is it an underwear fetish thing or was it, there was a jokiness quality to it. Maybe it was just, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was a real desperate cry for help. I don't know. Hmm. It was, but so like, like I said, this isn't really an embarrassing story. It's just kind of like. Just bizarre. It's a bizarre story. Yeah. So maybe I can help oh, you guys yeah. set, uh, maybe some of your stories just be weird stories, like mysteries, like yeah, that's okay. unsolved mysteries. Yeah. You've, have, yes. you, have you been to Long Island, John? Like a lot? Yes. Because it's... it's now, One year we had some friends in Starries and they, they had rented a place out in um, Montauk. 
Oh, see, now you're talking nice Long Island. Yeah. We the beaches and stuff are, that's something different. I grew up in the kind of blighted hellscape that is the repeated, it's just, all right, many people have in Long Island are very nice and like it very much. But for me, it was uh-huh. just, it's just, you know, it's like a cookie cutter suburban thing. Well, George, George and I and our significant others, we went to a friend's wedding on Long Island. <laughs> also in a nice area though. Was it nice? Because we got an Uber and the yep. Uber driver spent most of his time looking at us in the back seat, not the road. He stopped at every intersection, whether it was a red light or not. Remember this? Remember him. Yeah, he was terrifying. He kept saying, yeah, my son, he's on drugs. It destroyed his marriage. And he was acting like he was not, like he was on drugs. Like he was driving 30 miles an hour everywhere, no matter what the speed limit was. Uh, Like I said, stopping at every intersection. Man, that was traumatic, yeah. (laughs) Staring at us, not the road. And he wasn't phased when I told him about my high volume of Neanderthal DNA. I was like, come on, you must be on drugs. I got to snap you out of it. So he didn't care. He just he cared about care. the story about his kid. His kid was on drugs, adult kid, and it ruined his marriage. And I was wondering, is this your kid or is this you you're talking about? Man, that's the nice thing about storytelling, right? A story could be about more things than just what the story you're telling. There's there's lessons to be learned. Yeah. That guy was oh, on sure, drugs. Yeah. The underwear thief was closer than I knew. It all comes together. It all comes together. He, he just wanted to yeah, everywhere. Yeah, aside was, from uh, that, my high school experience, it was just me uh, waiting to... Yeah, I was even going through, like, you know, like, early drug and alcohol stuff. And, like, there's nothing like that was unique enough to tell. Like, you know, my, drinking I, too I, much vodka and puking to this day. I still don't really drink vodka because of that, you know. Yeah, for a lot of years I couldn't drink scotch, and then I actually had scotch that didn't come out of a plastic bottle, and it wasn't half bad. (laughs) (laughs) I was just parents were too strict in high school, so I didn't do any of that. Maybe I told George that I went came home from high school, and I had my first instance of what George was talking about. I came home and I was like, "Oh my god, I got to get to the toilet. Something's going on," and uh, ate too many tater tots at lunchtime. I don't know. I sat down. And had the pain, like painful diarrhea, whatever. And somebody was ringing our front doorbell. And John may remember, if you come to our house, you just come to the back door. No one comes to the front door. So I'm like, right, oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's the paper boy. I don't care. But they kept ringing it and ringing it. So I put myself together. Like, okay, I got to wipe myself off. Get up. And as soon as I came out of the bathroom, which was near the back door kitchen, my mom walks in. And she's like, why wouldn't you open the door? And I'm like, what? That was you? She's like, yeah, the car had to go to the garage and my coworker dropped me off and I just came to the front door and like nobody had keys to the front door even. Uh, she's so, and, and then she sniffs the air. She goes, were you smoking pot in here? And, <laughs> <laughs> this is from your tater tot diarrhea? Yes. And I started laughing. She goes, it's not funny if you're smoking pot. It's not <laughs> funny at all. Diarrhea? <laughs> I said no. no I was in the bathroom. Say, that's what you say. No, mom. No, mom. I was just masturbating. Yes, I should have said. I was masturbating to a picture of Jesus. Okay. And then she told my dad, and yeah. I said, well, I'm "Laughing again." I don't know if they believe me. Yeah, Tim. I don't know if I believe you either. <laughs> it's like uh, I said, John Kelly was here. <laughs> it was John. He was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Blamed was, him yeah everybody blamed me for everything. No, John was Actually, a good kid. Yeah, my parents said, you weren't doing this like John Kelly was. Why aren't you as good as John Kelly? That's actually what they said to me once. See, I was actually the one smoking. See, I was I know. actually smoking pot. Like, like, yeah, you were under a bridge. Yeah. 
I mean, should we all trade? Should we trade shit stories now? I don't know if, if John has one. I'll tell you the reason why a shit story. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm a gay man. You don't think I have shit stories? Then what? <laughs> so. okay. No, we we're, we're going to lose our PG-13 rating. <laughs> the MP, the MPAA is going to come back with an NC, NC-17, and nobody's going to listen to us. It's got it's got to own up to the explicit content. It's just the way. Yeah. It's I think the reason uh, this is. This is my origin here. I think the reason why the bathroom stuff didn't happen to later in life is because of my high school. They removed the doors off of every stall Ours in too. the bathroom. Ours yep. too. So if you had to shit, you had to shit out in the public like a monster. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was like the right. bathroom, but like, yeah, so that wasn't doable, especially if you were somebody who was lower. I mean, maybe if you were like the biggest guy in school, you could just sit there and like, just stare at people as you're uh, pinching off a loaf, but right. I couldn't. I never, I never dropped in high school. I never did. Yeah. It was, no, it was I never did either. Well, I mean, I mean, talk about that's subhuman. That's like prison experiment shit. Like, why yeah. would they do that? They're trying to break our spirit. They I know that they said it was because they, the kids would smoke behind it. So the kids smoke. Right. So, so I, yeah, I had the bowels of steel back then. Cause I, I mean, yeah. It wouldn't matter how bad it had to go. There was no way it was possible. I'd rather run into the woods, right? Shit like a bear. Yeah. yeah. Shit like a yeah. squirrel. Shit, shit like a deer jawbone steal- stealing squirrel <laughs> than to use the bathroom. John does the callback. Nice. Yes. Callbacks. <laughs> the key to yes and. I've, this is your producer, Miss Lee. Please stop telling poop stories. I can avoid the, the, the poop stories by saying that, that we had a roller skating rink in our town. It was the only thing to do on Saturday. And one Saturday, my parents are like, you're going roller skating with uh, these other friends. I, I knew them. I, was just, I wasn't aware. I'm like, I never roller skated before. And they're like, you're going roller skating because we're going to do something else. You're getting, you're getting out of here. Uh, oh, your parents are getting busy. <laughs> no, they're going to do something. We're going to play a naked tickle fight. But I was, you know, uh, introverted kind of nerdy art guy like George was. And so they dropped me off there with my friends. I get my skates. I'm like, I have no idea how to skate. So my first uh, ploy was I'm going to spend a half hour lacing up these, these laces because they got to be laced up tight to, to skate. Right. So I did that. I'm like, I think I'm ready. And then I grabbed the railing. I said, I'll go get something to drink. I'll spend a half hour getting, getting over to the concession stand. So I got a soda and, and sat down. Like I got to drink this before I skate. So can you guess what happens after I drink a soda? I, you gotta I, pee. I gotta pee. Oh, I assume you no. shot yourself. <laughs> yeah, I shot myself. Uh-huh. I'm allergic to Pepsi. And I, uh I scooted over to the, the bathroom. <laughs> you scooted. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked in there and the doors were open just like in high school. And in my mind, since I could skate, I couldn't skate very well. In my mind, I thought if I stand in front of the toilet and try to pee, I'm gonna slip and smash my, my genitals against the porcelain bowl. <laughs> and I just w- turned around and went back out. And I'm like, how much time do I have left here? Oh, no, another hour. And I basically peed my pants. And so I put, I put on my, <laughs> it's it, I couldn't, I put my coat back on. Hey. I, I had dark jeans on and no one noticed. I put my coat and you on. you were in college? Yes, I was in college. Yes. <laughs> yes. I just, I just taken, I just taken acid. 
<laughs> wow wait you were so afraid of banging your junk on the force i'd be more afraid because i'm on wheels that the force of my mighty piss would propel me backward <laughs> right. into whatever is behind me <laughs> this was third grade <laughs> wow but you you got away with it or you think you were like it was the perfect crime but like no, my my friends would have said something the, the jeans were dark and i put my coat i had when you're a kid you have that big that big coat puppy coat yeah but didn't you stink i i got home nobody, i guess you nobody, didn't eat asparagus nobody. that day nope <laughs> kids 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 stink in third grade come on that's right everybody smells like piss in third grade yes. Well, I appreciate you being here, Joy. I appreciate your time. And your, I appreciate you all having you, me. So your, your fun story. I say it was a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, pleasure meeting you too. And I'm relieved to see you're not just Tim wearing a fake mustache, or more likely <laughs> a cardboard cutout of Tim wearing a fake mustache that he was kind of moving the mouth on off camera, doing his voice. No, I would cut someone's face off and like cannibal lecture. <laughs> <laughs> just do it Ed Gein style. Yes. Well, bird. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Good stuff. Can, can I give plugs? Sure. If you enjoy my storytelling, you can hear inane things like this all the time every week on the Hypothetical Island podcast, which I do with my friend and former studio mate, Riley Brown. Um, you can pick up my book series, Olympians, just about everywhere. Like I said, the new book has just come out uh, Dionysus, The New God, the 12th and final volume. And uh, you can see me on Instagram at the George O'Connor, where I mostly, I sometimes put pictures of my art and mostly put up pictures of my cats. Yes. Yep. Very talented artist. Oh, well, thank you. Me. I've never said that. <laughs> you, know, you never have. It's true. You always just kind of go, George. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, All right. Thanks, George. Yeah. Nice to meet you, John. Let me know when this goes up and I will. Nice uh, to meet you, George. I'll will... spread it all over the world as much okay. as I can. All right. Yay. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye, George. So what are we doing next week? You're the one who's uh who's who's picking it, John. What oh, what, by, what bygone forgotten film or album? The, how about the the TV special from 1978 called Ringo, starring Ringo Starr? Lots of big sounds... names in this one. <laughs> Sounds it's interesting. No, it's, it's no Abba the movie, but no. it's pretty darn entertaining. But it's on YouTube, right? It is on YouTube, yeah. Well, it's a made-for-TV movie on NBC. Right. And at the time, NBC was putting out like Hello, Larry, uh, Manimal, and Super Train, you know? Oh, my so, God. I mean, Wait, yeah, wasn't so. Manimal, Manimal's 80s? Was that the 80s? Well, that was the very early 80s then. Well. It was very, okay. Maybe please, it was please, very never, please never pick Manimal. We, we All right. Maybe, okay. <laughs> Let's get no, out of here we, before we talk oh, about okay. Manimal. <laughs> before we talk about Manimal. Okay, we'll stop now. All right. Well, I got I to gotta say, you can follow us on Twitter at SETIBIM, which is S-E-D-D-Y-B-I-M. Also on Instagram is SETIBIMCO. It's SETI underscore BIMCO. And uh, if you want to send us an email, it's SETIBIMCO with an E at gmail.com. I think that's it. I think that does it. You want to? Yeah, that's it. All right. Yeah. I'll see you next week, John. I will see you next week.
Sunny Bingo is a podcast by Tim Hamilton and John Kelly, produced by Miss Lee. Music by Tim Hamilton. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party Line, it's a party line.